I, I, I maybe I did play at least a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative and your on campus radio station 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> After further review, got a little bit of Indiana Jones theme song right there for you, Frank. With 80s movies nostalgia. Right. And also, we have a correction that David, the man of God, Harris, needs to make. And David, what is your correction? So earlier in that college football segment, I said that one of the teams from USC was ranked by ESPN as the second best college, or college football national champion of all time. That is incorrect. It was actually the 2008 Florida Gators, led by Tim Tebow. Mm, okay. So, so the five, the top five include number one, 05 Texas. Number two, 2008 Florida. Number three, the U from 2001. Number four. The Jameis Winston-led 2013 Florida State Seminole team. And number five, the 04 Trojans. Still say that 2001 Miami team should be number one. Yeah, they, they should probably like be I said, number I'd one. Put them, put them ahead of all those teams. Yeah. Seven out of seven days of the week, twice on Saturday. <laughs> Could be like a James Bond on that one, huh? I'm trying to think of all the Bond movies that came out in the '80s since we're playing a bunch of '80s movies nostalgia. Well, this is more toward the '60s. Yeah, well, about there, James there Bond some... has gone over decades and decades. Uh, They've had about four or five different James Bonds too. Yeah, well, I think the only '80s one I can name off the top of my head is um, Honor Majesty's Secret Service with uh, Timothy Dalton. Yeah, that one was kind of. <laughs> Yeah. But guess what we got to do, though, Frank? Before we get into our uh, segment, we got to do this for you. Oh. No, this song, Frank? Mm. No, we don't have the rights to it because we're on Facebook Live, but we had to listen to it for you. You think I've heard this before? Yeah. Oh, yes, the Stevie Wonder Happy Birthday song. That's right. Frank turned the big three. Oh, <laughs> yes. And what did you do for your birthday, Frank? <laughs> uh, attended a wedding and a reception. You went to somebody else's wedding on your birthday. Yes, I did. Why was that? Because I was invited. Okay. And I said, you know what? (laughs) Get to go to a reception where I get get stuff to get. Free food, free beer. Free everything. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So, hey, it was 
But it was a fun night. Oh, okay. That was good. That's good. Okay, that's good. But like I said, Frank, I'm glad that you're here for another, <laughs> and you're in the 30 Club. Yes, I know. It was fun. Even though as you get older, you feel like you're, uh, you might be challenging Father Time more, but as Father Time, in the words of LeVar Ball, undefeated, never lost. Yep. And then you do this. Not actually, I didn't, but uh, somebody in the wedding party did. They had Hennessy at the wedding. Party. No, no, no. There was a, one of the group. Uh, one of the groomsmen had a fifth of Henny. I saw it on his Snapchat. He kept it in his hotel room. He he kept it to himself. Why did he not share? That's very <laughs> I selfish. I don't know what. I don't know. It keeps but, your head spinning, Frank. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think uh, my. Uh, my head was spinning this morning when I woke up. What did you drink on your birthday, Frank? Remy um, Martin Crown Royal. Why all that? Why didn't you get on the brown? I, hey, I had some Remy. Well, That's uh, cognac. It's cognac, but it's not. To be a good, you but, went with Remy instead of any. Well, I had to, I had to make do. Which with David what? said is a proud sponsor of the show. Unofficially. Unofficially. <laughs> but I, so. <laughs> If you want to get mad at somebody for not sharing the honey, get mad at Rob Silski. Now, was Jared Jansen at this wedding? Yes, he was. Oh, okay. So that's why he had all the and I do And I do there. have to make mention that uh, we had a stanky leg alert. At the wedding? Yes. How do you have a stanky leg alert at the wedding? I thought the, that was for scores that get out. Okay, okay. This, this time of stanky leg, they actually were doing the stanky leg there. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, well, they should have been doing the henny leg alert because <laughs> they need more henny. Because we know how your friends like to hate on the henny. Well, uh, was Kent Goldsmith there too? No, he was not. Oh, he's not part of these friends, huh? <laughs> he's he's friends with some of them, but he but wasn't he wasn't. Invited. He was riding his motorcycle. No, he was working. Oh, that's right. He's a salesman, right? Yeah, he had to work that day on so. a wedding. I thought the wedding reception was at night. Well, he did. He didn't get invited, so. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I, I just got on the bike. You got him. Oh, Frank is the famous one. Well, now, don't tell me you wore that Blissfield hat and that Luke Combs shirt. Today. I did not. Okay, so you went home, showered, and then came to the studio, huh? Uh, I, 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 no, I actually stayed up in Riverview. Riverview, where's that? Not never. No, not Riverview. Southgate, Michigan. Southgate, Michigan. Which, where is that in the mitten? Uh, that's uh, it's south of Detroit, right off of I seventy five. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, nice. So uh, I'm glad you're 30. The Downriver area. Downriver. Isn't that the poorer air area? Uh, South, Southgate's, uh, pretty, Southgate's uh, pretty nice. Okay, okay. Like I said, I don't know nothing about the Mitten. For David, have you been up to the Mitten, up to Southgate? Yeah, it's been a while, but I've made my way up the Mitten. Okay, yeah, so... Like I said before, usually Frank, you did you did us a disservice though because usually when you're from the mitten, you go that's right here. That's that's too general. That's too general. <laughs> okay, because you know right here is that Ohio border, right? Yeah, because I like to I like to say right where, say more, be a little bit more specific. So because if you point on your hand. You could be po- where you could be pointing might be somewhere else. All right, right. You could be pointing to Sault Ste. Marie or something. You know? No, no, no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's in the Upper Peninsula, right? It's right here, you know, or no, Traverse no. City, or or Mount Pleasant, or something um, like that. I met a few people though from a guy head coach. I went to a uh, coach's clinic, obviously PGC Point Guard College, and there was a couple people from the Mitten, uh, Midland, Michigan. Have you ever heard of Midland? Yes, Midland. I've been uh, up there. Dow High School. Midland Dow. Yeah. Yes, yes. I've heard of them. Uh, their head varsity coach was down there, Mr. Dickerson. And then Farmington Hills. Uh, uh, Harrison? Yeah. 
Her- well, Her- Harrison's a football school, right? But Dow, yeah, it's he was a football or not for basketball coach, and then uh, Farmington Hills coach was there, yeah. black guy named Terrence, who he said he used to play with uh, Chris Weber and Jalen Rose. He graduated around '93. He's from Detroit, yeah, area. But I, I've met a few people from the Mitten. But once again, happy birthday to you, Frank. Yeah, uh, and of course, uh, the reception hall was actually located right next to Riverview High School. Riverview, I, I, I think I've heard of that before. Um, yeah, it's what it's actually. Riverview is a member of the Huron League, one of the teams we cover at Friday Night Victors. Right, and talk about that. Actually, that's uh, coming up with football. Is it next week? You guys play. Or in two weeks of football um, starts from Michigan. Actually, it would be uh, next week. Next, because I thought this, you, uh, this you guys week. play nine weeks, but you start a week earlier than Ohio. I thought we started at the same time as Ohio, but I, Ohio had plays ten game yeah, plays ten, ten game regular season. Okay, you might. So no, we, I know we, Ohio starts in two weeks. Two weeks Ohio starts in two yeah, Fridays. Yeah, because ne- yeah, next week we'll get going. Uh, August twenty August twenty third is opening day. Mm-hmm. August twenty. Yeah, that's when Ohio starts. That's right. You guys have. Nine weeks, they have ten, which I don't understand why you have nine weeks. Why an odd week? Probably because we want to finish uh, but I don't, before December. But don't you guys – I don't know if you guys do finish before December. We do. Like a week before. Come on. We did, We fin- we, we, fin- we finish before December. We finish on Thanksgiving weekend. Okay. Well, that's kind of an inconvenience. But guess what we're going to be talking about? We know when something's wrong. I played about six, seven more downs, and I got to the sideline. And Dr. Curl, who's sitting in this audience right now, she touched my arm. And she said, Ray, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you got a torn tricep. And nobody's never came back from an injury like this. Now you know, if anybody know me, it can't be done. That's like pouring a gallon of lighter fluid on an open flame. That was a really good speech there by uh, Ray Lewis, also Randy Moss. Brian Erlacher's was a little dry, like a uh, non-season potato salad. But uh, still a really great uh, NFL uh, Hall yeah. of Fame ceremony. We weren't really I here was, last I was week. Actually, I was actually watching it. Uh, me and uh, Jared Jansen were over at uh, Jordan Boland's house. Okay. We were watching it, and we were uh, – and. We talked about like, okay, how long is Ray Lewis gonna talk? Because he had the he had the headset mic on, and they say he's gonna. They said they wanted to limit him to like fifteen minutes, and he ends up essentially preaching a sermon. Right, David. What do you think? <laughs> and of I, it? And I th- there was times where I was sitting there like, let the man preach. Right. What do you think, David? Yeah, I think all of all the Hall of Fame speeches, and every year we we always talk about storylines. We hear the stories of certain players kind of reflecting on their career. So kind of a couple of things that stood out to me, obviously people are going to talk about Ray Lewis and the wireless mic and the towel. Like anyone that has followed Ray Lewis at any point throughout his career knows that he gets passionate speeches and he doesn't give a crap about time limits. Uh, hearing about Brian Dawkins kind of open up about some of the personal demons that he wrestled with throughout his career was really eye opening in a lot of ways and kind of, when you hear these things about players kind of talking about the things that they had to battle on a day-to-day basis while in the league, while being the spotlight, while being these big-name players, kind of put a lot of things in perspective. And, and at least for me, I really thought, I was like, man, like the respect level for what Brian Dawkins did as a player just kind of astronomically increased because of kind of the man that he was 
talked about kind of while on the stage. Yeah, about battling uh, suicide. Yeah, that that yeah. that was kind of crazy that you would think a guy that's playing in the NFL and making pretty decent money actually thought out killing himself, not to, even to the point where it would even benefit his wife so that she could get the insurance money. Yeah, so, like, those kind of stories, like, when you hear them, like, in retrospect, and you kind of think back, and you're like, man. And so I think that also opens up the conversation for current players to really talk about kind of personal issues, depression that they're dealing with. Too. So that really opens the door. And we kind of saw a little bit with the, within the NBA with DeMar DeMosen and Kevin Love kind of talking about their own issues of depression. Now I feel like because of Brian Dawkins giving that platform during his holiday speech, now I think we'll see more players kind of who are not afraid to come out, even though there is this, kind of stigma of the NFL, you got to be a tough guy. You got to, you know, you can't you know, show any sign of weakness or anything like that, or you'll be seen as lesser than within the locker room. You know, but I think now Brian Dawkins has opened the door for that. You know, what's kind of crazy though, too, though, that also brings up the CTE issue. Um, obviously they can't scan your brain until you're, you passed away, but that's one of the signs of CTE with a lot of people that have had it, that they've had suicidal thoughts. So it makes you wonder even after now, most of the people that have had CTE, uh, it's usually after their careers that they've acted kind of loony and strange, so to speak, it could be developing while they're having the NFL career, and it could be signs of it while you're having it. So that's the thoughts that went across my mind, like why the guy would want to kill himself, and then it makes you wonder what does this guy possibly do have CTE? Well, right now, we won't know it until obviously he probably passes away, but. Um, that, that, that's something that you just got to think about, and that's kind of uh, serious. Uh, but I think Ray Lewis, even though he did go over, think about it, there was supposed to be T.O. there too. So And he didn't show, show up, so you had extra time. So I think that's the reason why they didn't want to go over. But do you think, though, was it selfish for T.O. not to show up? I don't think so, no. I think everyone, and I've heard it kind of from, I'm just going to be frank, kind of old white guys that want to kind of play by the book and kind of, do everything. Well, it's tradition. It's got to be this way. I think the re- and the rationale that everyone uses is kind of contradictory in itself. And so everyone say, oh, it's a celebration. Think about, you know, celebrating with your family and your friends and your loved ones on this stage. And I think for me, Tio did all of those things. He was at a ceremony in a place where he uh, was beloved by friends, family, loved ones in Chattanooga, kind of that's where he went to school. And so he was surrounded by loved ones. He was surrounded by fans. He was able to celebrate the occasion and the day kind of in his special way. And I think that's part of kind of what made T.O.T.O. is that he didn't play by the, the book of the proverbial system. He did it his way. He did it kind of the way that he wanted to do it. And people are taking it away and saying kind of, oh, but you want to sell, you have to do the celebration with everyone else. That That's not T.O.'s style. Like, yes, he was a team guy, but then at the same time, it's not a, the Hall of Fame is not a team award. It's not a team recognition. It's for his individual achievements, and T.O. wanted to celebrate kind of with his individual family. And, like, he will probably go to all the ceremonies and stuff, kind of in years to come and all the Hall of Fame dinners and celebration. But in terms of the way that he wanted to be enshrined, that's your day. That's your day, fam. Like, you celebrate how you want to celebrate. 
Yeah, but and I totally see he can do it or her way he wants to do it. But then again, though, it is a brotherhood. It's only so many guys from the NFL. You're talking about tradition, but 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 the thing about it is, is that he just didn't think that it lined up with the core values of the NFL. But and and some people think it's because or he that he didn't be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think, you know, what difference does it make if you're a first ballot, second ballot, as long as you're in the Hall of Fame, you're in the Hall of Fame. And I guess I look at it at a different approach. I mean, yeah, you can do whatever the heck you want to do. If you want to celebrate your little celebration at Chattanooga and where it all started, that's great. But then again, though, one, even though you weren't a first ballot Hall of Fame, you were inducted with probably, I would say, one of the top classes of all time for Hall of Fames. And most of them are your peers because most of them are your age. And these are guys that you battle and competed with. And I just believe that he could have went and shown up and just mingled with the NFL players. I mean, that's what it's about. It's about the bigger picture, and it's about being an ultimate team player. That's what people say sports is about. And like I said, I like Terrell Owens. I think that he's a fantastic player, but I think he's also the epitome of the me guy, the the selfishness. It, it, It always seemed like it was always about him. And like I said, you could do you and all this and all that, but at the end of the day, you know, when people say things about you and say that he was all he was selfish, he was this, he divided the locker room. To me, him doing what he just did, it kind of gave a lot of people weight to what they were saying because I never really believed him. I just thought maybe he was a misunderstood competitive guy. There's guys that are ultra competitive that want to win. And sometimes they get very misunderstood. But to me, I just don't understand, you know, to have this speech and that Chattanooga and, and everything like that and, you know, get the gold jacket, which is fine. Now, I don't know if he's going to show up to other Hall of Fame events because every year guys come back and stuff like that. And he might do that or he might not. But to me, you know, if he really wanted to make a statement, he could have made a statement at the Hall of Fame and, and then said whatever he wanted to say at his speech. And, you know, a lot of times in life you can't you don't agree with things that people do. But it doesn't mean, you know, you got to go off and do stuff like that. I don't know. I, I, I think that in a sense it was kind of a disrespect to the other nominees that got into the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's just how I see it. I mean, you know, I mean, I've heard the kind of that logic and stuff, but I think in that same line, like there'll be other opportunities to celebrate with the guys, to see your peers, to kind of have this moment. I think, I think honestly, kind of we make so much about kind of Canton being this grandeur place. It's like, like he he was honored, he was acknowledged. I think, kind of. I think part of it's partly sports. Kind of everything has to be team, team, team. There is no I in team. But in this certain instance, I think it's more there is an I in win. And so he won the not like won in like the grander sense, but being a Hall of Famer like that's a lifetime achievement award. And so I would I would much rather kind of just thinking me and similar lines of feel like I would want to celebrate it kind of not scripted where I have to tell the Hall of Fame writers what I'm going to say and give them some long speech so that they can nitpick and everything. Well, David, he could have probably did a speech on Friday in Chattanooga and then went to the event and said, you know what, I'm not going to speak. 
I did my speech with Chattanooga. I celebrated with them. I'm just going to be here for these guys because I'm inducted into a Hall of Fame class. He could have done that. And, no, but, and he could have got his speech then, and he could have got whatever he wanted and just said, you know what, fellas, you're not going to, you know, I'm just, I'm just here for these guys because I understand how important this is to be in the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I was just, I, I, I enjoyed my moment around people that, you know, I think they fully care about me and it could have been done like that. I, I kind of think, but to just go off and just do his own little thing. I mean, he pretty much did that his whole career. He just wanted to do his own little thing. And I, I, I really think watching T.O. over the years after his career is over and, and seeing him do interviews and stuff like that, I just, I just think he doesn't get it. I, I don't, I, I really think T.O. is a guy that just, he's just socially awkward. I, I mean, I've watched the NFL life and, he was raised by his grandma and his his mom and didn't really have a strong male figure in his life. And I just personally think that, you know, he lives by some of the values that his grandmother taught him. But I think that there's things that you're taught as a kid that sometimes when as you get older and grow as an adult and, and actually travel around the world, like he, he's traveled around the country and stuff like that, that you kind of realize that something that you learn as a kid might not apply directly to life as you get older it just seems like he's just he's just stuck he just he just sees his own view and that's the way the view is and this is black and white and that's it and in a sense i kind of feel sorry for the guy to be honest with you because in his head he really thinks he's justified in what he's doing which okay that's fine you do you but it seemed like that was the same kind of story in his whole career where you know i'm gonna say what i want to say because my grandma told me to keep it real and then this and that and it's like well you know sometimes tarot you don't need no one needs to hear everything that's on your mind sometimes just, just just shut up you know what i'm saying there's a lot of times that i work with certain individuals and there's things that i want to say to people but i knew that sometimes you know Derek, you need to take a step back and you know just be quiet I don't kind of like a lesson we've all been taught and you might want to cue up the uh life lesson music okay, get you the life lesson music here I mean we we've probably this is it's something that I've been told I'm sure Derek you've been told it I'm sure David's been told it I'm sure everybody at some point's been told this and I'll even live by it as well if you get the music going if you don't have anything nice to say don't say it yeah. That yeah. is a life lesson number 734 from Frank. And we can all we can all agree that we've been told that. Yeah. David, I, have you been told that? I know David's been told that. And, and that's what yeah, I, I mean, that's what I think. Yeah. Go ahead, David. I, I mean, I I've been told that, but I mean, at some point you just got to be like bleep it, just go off. You could say bleeping and go so, off, but that's been the, the, the thing that Terrell has always done. He just says whatever he wants to say, and we know in life you can't do that. There's a time and a place to do things, and I just think that Terrell doesn't know the temperature of the room. He's, he just doesn't. He just thinks that everything's black and white. He just never grew up. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think Terrell Owens never grew up. He just was like, this is what my mom and grandma taught me, and this is my convictions, and this is what I'm going to do, which is fine, okay. But you got to understand that people grew up differently from you, and I think sometimes he just doesn't understand other people's perspective. And then he wants to get mad when you don't understand his perspective and why people are acting the way they are. And the next thing you know, you're this hater. 
and that's the thing with me it's like you know <laughs> i i just look at him like you you have the he's 40 something years old and he has the mentality of a 22 year old <laughs> it's like he it's seriously it's like Terrell Owens never grew up. Just never he's did. What? He's the Peter Pan of the yeah, NFL. Yeah, he's the Peter Pan of the NFL. He just never grew up. Now, like I said, he could have did Peter the speech. Grow up if, if you wanted to do the speech at Chattanooga, yeah, that, that's fine. But really, he was only, to be honest, let's be honest, the reasons why he was doing it. He was doing it because he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he thought that the writers were hating on him. That's why he was doing it. He could tell you all the BS that he wants to. That oh, I want to be around people that care about me. And then no, you, no, you didn't. You thought that you were a first ballot Hall of Famer. So what you're gonna do is, as in typical To fashion, you know, make a statement. I should have been first ballot. So I'm not gonna go, and I want to do this. And same old story. He gives you these lines, and people believe it. No, it's not, dude. You're just mad because you felt you were you were slighted by some writers. Which you know, okay, you probably should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. But look at it this way: you got in with a class of Dawkins, Erlacher, Moss, and Ray Lewis. And that's and, a and that's a, that that's a pretty damn good Hall of Fame. And class. then the guy from the Green Bay Packers waited about forty years to get in. Yeah, what well, I can't remember name escapes me. Right, but instead you wanted to go off and do your selfish act, which then it makes me wonder the stories of T.L. being selfish in the locker room and being as Skip Bayless likes to say, team obliterator, and dividing the locker room makes you wonder, like, hmm. I mean, think about when they did football life, none of the quarterbacks that he really played with had nothing to say about him. Yeah, and who Yeah, and, and it's, he it's played a, with uh Don, Donovan McNabb, he played with Tony Romo, Jeff Garcia, well, who he threw under the bus Carson, several to, several times. Carson Palmer. Uh, yeah. I mean, he he and McNabb didn't see eye to eye in Philly. Right, at first. And they then did, eventually and then he got the heave ho. Right. And, but it's but then again it's a it's a pattern it's the same thing a and pattern. he still had to go in oh and act a fool when he scored a touchdown like the old whole dancing out of the Cowboys logo he did it again and he got tackled and then by Woodson yeah and he all let's see doing the dirty bird when he was in Philadelphia get <laughs> your he, popcorn ready yeah, yeah. the sharpie. Which yeah. is entertaining. I, yeah. I think it's really entertaining. I think he's a dynamic receiver. Or take, or take. I think I remember one where he he was with the Cowboys. He scored a touchdown, and then he took the football and acted like he was taking a nap on it. Which which is fine. I don't hold that against. I say, him. I, I want to say that touchdown got taken away. But you know him crying about Tony. That's my quarterback, and it, uh, it always seems like with To, it always draws. He he's he's narcissistic, and he it always seems like there's a tie back to him. Yeah, I'm doing this for you, but in, technically I'm doing it for me. He's a me guy. And that's what it, and and the, and, the, and, and, and the and the whole thing just gets justified by him doing what he did last week, basically. I mean, you you know, you can look at it a different way, David, but I kind of look at it as a fact that he he's just narcissistic and he looks at his own only his own perspective. And you hurt me and I'm going to cry out. And it's the same song and dance. Been doing it for 20 years. Yep. 
I mean, I, I still think that T.O. kind of, again, did it how he did it, how he did it, kind of as a player, continued with, kind of, that's how he got into the Hall of Fame. And so, hey, if being a me guy gets you into the Hall of Fame, gets you to be one of the best of all time, then why, why, does, why does everyone have to conform with, oh, it has to be a team guy, we have to be nice and cordial with everyone? Like, that's not... No one's like, saying that you have to be nice and cordial with everyone. No one's saying that. All teams have disagreements and stuff like that, but if it gets to the point where it gets destructive and it gets in the way of trying to attain a goal, whether that goal is to uh, win a conference championship, whether win the division or win the Super Bowl, which in the pros is the ultimately will win the Super Bowl, that's when people get upset. And that's the thing with T.O. Everywhere he went, it was a distraction. And they said he divided the locker room. And then once he left, a lot of people were happy that he left. I mean, that's just what it was. And at, when at first I just thought, because there's guys, that, like I said, there's guys that are super competitive, hyper competitive, and sometimes those guys are a little bit misunderstood. And, you know, when they're, when they're misunderstood like that, okay, you know, he, some of the guys just weren't as competitive or just didn't want it as much as him. But then after he's retired and some of the things he's done and then with this whole speech thing, then it starts to make you wonder, maybe, you know, T.O. was that, that one teammate that just was just, just selfish and just was a cancer. It was just like, you know, we, we try to work with the dude, and the dude just doesn't get it. And that's where I, I, I'm that's where I kind of standing on with him. You're, yeah, you're a Hall of Fame talent. You just weren't a Hall of Fame teammate. And that's why you have no rings. I mean, exactly. at the end of the day, yeah, he may have been a Hall of Fame talent, but if you don't have, like, I think no, nah, he was on some talented quick. teams. David, don't sit there and say, "Oh, well, he was not on any talented teams. He was on some talented yeah. teams." Okay, but if you have a Hall of Fame talent, you should be able to get over the hump. I think no. now in 2018, everyone's looking in retrospect and trying to isolate Terrell Owen as the problem. Well, he is the problem. I think. He was the problem. He would, The reason why you didn't get over the hump is because if you're isolating a team and, and, and it's just this, this divisiveness, it's going to hurt. It is. There's some teams that he obliterated. I'm not saying that every team he was on, he obliterated. But there was teams where that basically the locker room was divided. You can't have a divided locker room. You, it's, just, it's just not going to work. Yeah, but do they get to those points without T.O.? Get to what points? He got to one Super Bowl. And remember, he wherever, was hurt. He, wherever he, he was, went, he won. No, he like, didn't win. He didn't win anything. He got he got to a, he got to a Super Bowl. He got to a Super Bowl with but Philly. didn't win. He didn't. They he didn't, didn't win, win squat diddly poo poo. He didn't win anything. But, he didn't actually. I mean, that's I, the only team we're naming where he actually had a really successful season. He had some good individual seasons. In fact, the year he got to the Super Bowl, that was the year he broke his leg. He broke his leg. Yeah, and they won a couple of those playoff games while he was down. They that's that Philadelphia team was actually pretty good before he got there. He was just that one piece that they needed to put in there. There and they still, but they still ended up losing. I mean, Randy Moss. Randy Moss was a winner. Now, that's a guy, and he had his problems on off the and, field. But wherever he went, they're electrifying. Wherever he went, they won. Now he came up short in a couple Super Bowls with New England and San Francisco. 
and I'm really in New England, actually, the the catch, David Tyree catching off his helmet. I mean, that's a little bit debatable. So he kind of got that kind of that. He kind of got robbed of an opportunity with that. But, but look but at Randy Moss's ring, career, though. huh? But he still has Narizzo, which is the same argument you just made with Theo. Well, no. The, the thing about Randy Moss is that every team that he went to, think about it, they either won the division or they were getting the conference championships. Except one. And wait. Randy Moss is probably on one of the greatest teams he, wait, of the NFL well, who was undefeated, he was in, and, and they lost in the Super Bowl. When which, he was in Oakland, he didn't win. But then again, that that's when the Raiders were an absolute dumpster fire. But Minnesota... Minnesota England, did well. San Francisco. San at Francisco the end. got to one. I think y'all. I want to say he had a cup. I want to say he had a cup of coffee with the Tennessee Titans. I think he did too. Yeah, but you know, but he wasn't dividing locker rooms. He might no. have been a little, a little bit of a rebel. But everybody knew when when Randy yeah Moss, he got fi- he got fined ten thousand dollars you know for straight cash. Like, no, for, check he was mooning the fans when he really wasn't. They fined him, and that was kind of stupid. I thought he was going to drop a straight cash homie reference in his Hall of Fame speech. I, I was hoping he'd do that, but he didn't. And not to mention, too, I, over the after Randy Moss's after his career has been over, you know, he's gone into television. You know, he's from Rand. You know, they had the thirty for thirty. Rand, for West Virginia. You know, Rand, you. Rand, you. He's really, you know, for someone that was a troubled youth and everything, and was out there, you know, went to Florida State and had some problems, and then had to go to Marshall. I mean, I, I really respect Randy Moss. He's really grown up as a person. T.O., on the other hand, he'll never get it. I, I don't think so. He's he just will never grow up. He is just stuck in his convictions, and and it proved it with this <laughs> speech. That's what that's that's what happened. I mean, I I, I like I said, every when I think of T.O., he was in San Francisco. He caught that one good catch against the Packers in the playoff game. Okay, that was great. Uh, but it's, didn't win. But you know, it just didn't really. He didn't really do anything really dynamic. It was always something. I think really him trying to be who he was was really what affected him from probably winning a couple of Super Bowls or actually having a really, you know, winning career. It was he was really in his own way. You're right. But like you said, like you said with Randy Moss, did he win the Super Bowl? Because if that if that's the point, no, he, David, stop. We're not going to David. David, 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 David. He did not really win. He had that really good streak with Philadelphia, and then everywhere else he went, the teams were like five hundred or a little bit better. Randy Moss was actually getting the NFC Conference Championship games. He actually got to a couple of Super Bowls. He was actually on one of the greatest teams of all time if he if it wasn't for David yeah. Tyree catching that ball off his helmet. I mean, he, I mean, that's, the players though. No. So now we're isolating TO as the T.O. reason why not, no, won. just face it David, he did not win. He was part of the reason why they could not win. It was always some kind of divisiveness was, in the locker room. He had, and look, TO had all, TO had all the talent in the world. The problem with him was between the ears and that's why high teams couldn't Reach the mount, the top of the mountain. It was always something. It was because he got his own way, right? It's something. Randy Randy Moss didn't do that. I mean, Randy Moss would do. Who Randy Moss didn't divide locker rooms. I mean, he might have seemed kind of crazy at times, but he knew. But he knew to focus on winning. He he wasn't someone who was going to go cause a distraction. And it was just distraction, distraction, distraction. Me, 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 me. That was T.O. That's what that's what we're get that's what we're getting at, David. We're not we're not knocking him for not having a ring. We know Randy Moss doesn't have a ring. We're just saying how that they how they were on their teams and 
were they a problem child and T.O. was that and then when when it did come back on him he always blamed somebody else it was always it was always somebody he never took accountability for anything it was always somebody else it was the quarter he when when going got tough what'd he do he threw the quarterback under the bus think about it everywhere he's went he always threw the quarterback under the bus. One minute they were his friend when he first got there, and the next minute, yeah. oh, this guy's not competitive or he's not doing this. He yeah. almost He's almost like a more talented Calvin Benjamin. I mean, Calvin Benjamin just said all that stuff about uh, Cam Newton, the same thing T.O. did. Oh, this guy wasn't really accurate. If he would have did this and this and this, we could have done that and that. Uh. That's what that's what T.O. did, and it's, and it's documented. That's all. That's all we're getting Why receivers do that all the time, though? Not all wide oh, receivers. Did Jerry, did Jerry West? Did Jerry Rice do that? Jerry Rice didn't divide locker rooms. I mean, think Des about Johnson it. did it. Des Bryant did it. If we want to go with Des Bryant is not. Well, first of all, Ocho Cinco got with the Patriots, and he almost got to the Super Bowl too. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's one thing to be outspoken, but T.O. literally. And it's documented and has been reported several times that a couple of teams that he was on, he literally divided locker rooms. And they even the NFL players will even say that they think that's the reason why their teams did not because, reach their full potential. Yeah, because T.O. had to go in and bring in all of his baggage and BS, and that's why teams couldn't reach the top of the mountain. You don't hear that about Chad Johnson. Yeah, Chad Johnson was a little bit out there. He did the old dance and then, you know, wore the coat that said Hall of Fame. And, yeah, they can be somewhat a divas. But they were winning. And and Des Bryant, to an extent, he didn't really win either. And he ain't even getting picked up. They're looking like the Browns might pick him up. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. and he's not really a, a Hall of Fame t- talented receiver yeah. either. So he's not. He's fall. He's falling off a cliff. Basically, he would have been To if To had a little less talent. Yeah, I can agree with that. Like I said, he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's a Hall of Famer. It's great, but what he did yeah. last week, I think, kind of solidified what people had said about him in the past. It's, I thought before maybe he might have been a little misunderstood because highly competitive people can be misunderstood. Yeah, sometimes they're all about the win and they're just so driven that sometimes you know their actions do get in their way. But then it starts to make you wonder after what he did with this speech, was To about just To? Yeah, and like I said, he had all the talent in the world. But the problem with him was between the ears. Need I say more? That's what I thought. So, I think we can wrap that up. Yeah, we got. I want David, you know, get his final word in. As we got about two minutes to get out before we get out of here. He said, "I'm not. I'm not knocking his career, but I just think that." With the repetitive pattern here, it's always somebody else's fault. It's the team. They didn't have enough good players. The quarterback was bad. And it's just like, okay, I can get one or two teams. Like Randy Moss, he was in Oakland. That's just a bad situation. But why is it that when he goes to other situations, they were winning? Same thing with with T.O. Everywhere he went, it was the same song and dance, even almost to the point of his Hall of Fame speech. I'm not going because these guys – don't don't align up to what I what I think. It's always somebody else's fault. Sometimes I think you got to just swallow your pride and say, you know what? Yeah, you guys slighted me, but I'm here now. Now what? 
I'm still going to put on this gold jacket. I'm still going to go to the celebration. And that's what I think the thing is with with, with T.O. He never wanted to just swallow his pride and just, you know, shut up. Exactly. I mean, you can be outspoken. I like to be outspoken. I like to say, you know, my speak my mind. But then I get then again, though, I do know sometimes in certain situations, you know, it's the old saying, you know, you sometimes you got to hold them and sometimes you got to know when to fold them. Yes. In the words of a wise man named Kenny Rogers, <laughs> no one to hold them, no one to fold them, no one to walk away, no one to run. Right. And I think in this situation, I, it might have been a time where he said, you know, I'm just going to fold them. Yo, I don't agree with what y'all doing, but, yo, hey, I got the gold jacket and I'm up here for probably one of the greatest classes ever. There you go. I think that will sum it up. David? I'm really glad T.O. didn't shut up and dribble. Well, well now, David, you, now you're making another apples to oranges comparison about this shut up and dribble because that's now more about well, social. I mean, you issues. just said to that, tell that, him, you that, just that, told that, him to shut up and play ball. I didn't say like, that. I know. No, I never said, said that. We never, we you never just said, said that. that. Line. I did not say that line. I said sometimes you got to know when just to hold them and when to fold them. Yeah, you got you got to know when there's a there's a time and place to speak your mind, and there's a time and place to focus on football. And like there's a time like he's still getting he's still getting the Hall of Fame jacket. You're still in the Hall of Fame. You, who cares if you're first ballot, second ballot, third ballot? So what? I'm here. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I'm the Hall of Famer. And on top of that, I'm in the Hall of Fame class, one of the best classes ever. Now the the whole shut up and dribble that's more on, on a political front, and that's where you're starting to kind of blur the lines here, David. Let's not try to blur the lines. Exactly. No, but in your in your comment, because I was listening closely, you said at some point T.O. just needed to shut up and play ball and not worry about where everyone else I never else said, said never... shut up and play ball. I said that he needs you... to look at other people's perspective, and I said sometimes you need if to just I... be quiet. And just say keep to yourself. I mean, I might exactly. not agree. I might not agree with some of the stuff that you're doing, but you know what? So this doesn't cause something to, to throw the team off track. I'm just going to be quiet on this front and and keep it moving. It's not a a a, a, a thing of I'm going to just shut up and dribble. No, I didn't say that. Exactly. You just like I said, there's a time and place, but on the on the football field when it was game day was not the time. Nor the place, because it just it, it leads to petty arguments. It leads to pettiness that just throws you off the ultimate goal of trying to win. Yeah, maybe the next time another situation comes up, then I'll say, you know what? This time I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna open up my mouth and say, you know what? I don't I don't agree with this, and then go on from there. But it just like seemed like like I said, it was always the same song and dance with him. Everywhere he went, there was a division. And I even said earlier that I thought maybe he was misunderstood. But after this, it, it looks like maybe the stories are true. Maybe it was T.O. that was causing the problems. I mean, you can be an individual all you want to, David. Nothing wrong with that. But when it starts to become a a, a distraction and it's coming decisive to the team, sometimes you, you kind of had to you know put your individualism a little bit of a, aside. And it's not that's not saying just shut up and dribble. Especially when it's not this is even not even dealing with political issues. Exactly. So there you have it. But that'll conclude a good show we've had here. What David, what you got going on on the weekend? 
preseason football, football kind of around the clock now that it's back. So get one step closer to opening kickoff. David, you uh, don't the Browns and Steelers open up this year? Yep. So he, I know he'll be getting ready for that. And are you going to be watching some pit football? Uh, catch the occasional game here or there whenever they come across the tubes. Yeah, okay. So he'll be uh, also uh, be down there in Ohio State country. That'll be interesting to see. Is Urban going to be there during the whole season, or will he not come back after a few games? Or will he not come back at all? Mm. Yeah, it remains to be seen. It remains to be seen, but I know that he's a Penn State fan living in Ohio State country, so that's got to be tough for David. Yeah. yeah. David, man, thanks for calling in, man. All right, see you guys next week. Yep, that was David the Man of God Harris over there having another good debate. Make sure you always check in on 88.3 WGTs after further review. Frank, what you got planned? Uh, Probably going to be working on some uh, team previews for FridayNightVictors.com. They'll be coming up uh, posted this week. So I've I've already submitted one for Dundee. That's going to be posted. One for Ida I'm working on right now. Also doing one for Whiteford and Summerfield. So check that out. Uh, and plus, also, we're going to have some probably some videos posted with uh, week one picks coming up next week. Week one in high school football in Michigan is going to start August 23rd. Nice. Well, we had a good debate here. This has been a presentation of 88.3 WGTs. After further review, make sure you check us out on SoundCloud and on iTunes. For David and Frank, I'm Derek. We'll see you guys same time, same place next week here on 88.3 WGTs. After further review, peace. We're out.